Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show we're actually going to be talking to all of you parents out there that are maybe um, having some challenging uh, situations with your children um, and how to actually move through those situations in a very um, aware and uh, with, with, with presence. So um, please uh, help me in welcoming my guest, Susan Stiffelman, who is the author of Parenting with Presence. How are you? I'm well. I'm so happy to be here with you again. This is great. Yeah. Now, we actually spoke to you when your last book came out, which was yeah. uh, Parenting Without Struggles, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it went bestseller, and it was a, it was a, it was a great success. Um, and so now we're going to be talking about Parenting with Presence. Yeah. Um, so what's the difference? What's the difference between without struggle and with presence? <laughs> well, they're really merged, actually. They're very much overlapping. The first book really um, was probably more the, the summary of a lot of strategies and ways of thinking about why our kids push back instinctively when we come at them as opposed to alongside them. So it details the specifics of some fun sort of practical strategies, which I build on in the second book. But the second book, which was the first one to be bought by Eckhart Tolle, for his new imprint and he helped edit and he wrote the foreword. So that book really is much more about using the experiences in our day-to-day -day parenting lives as sort of grist for the mill for us to grow and transform ourselves. Right. So, um, I mean, so I should probably go back a little bit for those people that maybe hadn't seen the previous show that we did together. Um, so what's your background and why? what was the motivation behind writing these books? I was a teacher for a long, long time, and then I became a psychotherapist. And I was a little bit, you know, I wasn't the traditional "tell me about your childhood," you know, "let's go for years and years." It was really, I'm, I'm super practical. Everything I do has to yield something that people can walk out and, and make a difference in how their world works. But um, over time, I started doing parenting workshops because a lot of parents would send their kids in to be fixed or dealt with or managed. And in fact, I found that if I worked with the parent, the child miraculously shifted and the behavior became so much more friendly and cooperative. So the workshop sort of um, yielded the book. Eventually, people kept saying, will you come home with me? <laughs> so that showed up as a book. And then the second book was just sort of a natural evolution. I did a lot of um, programs where I did parenting with presence sort of dialogues with people like Dr. Jane Goodall and John Kabat-Zinn and Jack Kornfield and Marianne Williamson and Michael Beckwith and incredible people all talking about this possibility that comes when we parent from a place of consciousness and self-awareness. Absolutely. So, uh, so what are the, some, some of the most common uh, situations that you see arising between parents and children? Um, and uh, and uh, let me ask you that first, and then I want to we want to lead the conversation into so how do we approach that from a spiritual standpoint? Mm. Commonly, you know, if I were to sum out what are the questions I'm asked most often, it's usually something like, "How can I get my kids to?" You know, and then we can fill in like, "Turn off their iPad, come to dinner, do their homework, go to bed, stop biting their brother." You know, there's a whole. But, but this idea of cooperation and compliance and, and having it work harmoniously and peacefully in a home has to do with the fact that actually human beings, you might not know this, Natalie, but human beings are actually wired to resist coercion. So outside of connection, we're actually supposed to be resistant to the influence of strangers and outsiders. And when I get a call from a parent who's struggling or somebody shows up in a workshop and their kid never wants to say yes, it's always no right out of the gate, 
one of the first questions that I'm going to ask is, does your child feel liked by you? Do they feel seen by you as is? And if not, what's getting in the way of that? And that's where the second book really plays a part. We're, quite often we project so much of our own sort of shadow side onto our kids or the ways we showed up that weren't accepted. And so we may have difficulty accepting the child that we have versus what I call the snapshot child, the one we wish we had gotten, you know, that always says yes and is very obedient and loves to yeah. practice piano or whatever. <laughs> or play the violin, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, whatever the agenda <laughs> of the parent might be or makes you look good as a parent. That's it. I mean, and I, you know, I mean, I don't have children myself, but I have 15 nieces and nephews and I've seen with some of my brothers and sisters, they've just given birth to a younger version of themselves and so everything that they you know, all their programs and everything they picked up as a child is just coming back. <laughs> yeah. I say, it's coming back to bite you on the butt, you know. Yep. <laughs> and all those times that my mum used to say, I hope you have a child just for you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think I could handle that. So I <laughs> Trust me, it is definitely, you know, raising it, my child was by far the most challenging transformational thing. And John Kabat-Zinn, we've talked a fair bit about this. He says having a child is really like having a little Zen master in your house or going on an 18-year meditation retreat. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. And, and there is no blame to the parents here because, you know, we all have, yeah. you know, very busy lives. We're trying to maintain security and, and, um, and money and everything for our family and trying to provide the life that we can. But sometimes that's at the expense of our own energy. So how do we, how do we approach something like that kind of a situation from a spiritual standpoint? Well, it starts by really staying present. You know, when I talk about parenting with presence, it could be living with presence, it could be gardening with presence, or whatever it is we're doing. The more we bring all of ourselves to that moment, in in the cool thing about children, I was talking with someone not long ago, and they're saying, "Wouldn't it be amazing if you had an app that told you when you were and were not present, and then, oh, there's an app for that. It's called your yeah. child." Yeah. <laughs> they will definitely let you know when you're not all in the room and if you're not all in the room and there isn't enough goodwill and enough money in the emotional bank account where they do feel generally that you like and enjoy them and you seek out their company from time to time just to hang out not to get them to do things and check them off your list if that's absent then your child will do whatever it takes to get all of you in the room and quite often that's a meltdown a tantrum a confrontation withdraw whatever it is to kind of get us to wake up and in that process we get to notice what am I what am I thinking is so important over here that for this moment I can't hear about what happened at recess I'm not saying every single time but if our pattern is to check out a lot of the time hold on and be partially present our kids will let us know yeah absolutely so are there are there specific ways that you can you know treat yourself or remind yourself I mean, other than letting it get to the tantrum stage or the whatever that behavior is that's worked for them in the past, they keep using over and over again, I'm assuming. Um, are there are some specific things that you can do that, that's going to help you to become more present or remind you to do that? Well, uh, yeah, I, th I mean, a lot of what you're doing is so incredible, and I love the dovetail because a lot of it is picturing, visioning, having that intention, deciding this is the life I want to have with my children and, and building the framework for creating and manifesting that. So thank you for your work. Um, and then it's also around 
So setting the intention and then the first step is just noticing. Like in my work I talk about three ways we can be a parent. So I don't know if you can see my hands. If the right yeah. hand represents you as the parent, then this is what I'm looking for and I call this the captain of the ship. So you're loving, you're present, you're engaged, you're calm, and you're confident. You don't need your kids to be or behave a particular way. When we move here, we're the two lawyers. So this is where nobody's in charge and you're bribing and negotiating and trying to convince or talk your child out of their feelings. And then we can go down here, and this is where things really deteriorate. Let me see if I can make sure you see that. When you're down below the child, in all, you know, so they're basically calling the shots, you feel desperate and panicked, and I call that position the dictator, because you don't have any genuine authority, like a dictator doesn't actually have any power, but they just scare people and rule by intimidation. So the first step is just to notice, am I here, here, or here? Simply noticing will help us start to make that shift toward becoming more available and present to be that calm. And of course, I mean, this is everything I teach is all about that, but that's sort of an overview that, you know, awareness is always the first step. And this model often helps people know where they are in relation to their children. Yeah. I mean, and let's face it, there is, I've, we've witnessed many people that, that are probably in the, <laughs> are being influenced more heavily by the child than they are influencing them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, how do you get out of that situation? Yeah. Like how, because I, I can imagine, like, especially if they're a teenager, you've had like 12, 13 years of a certain type of behavior that they're used to. How right. hard is it to get from that pattern into changing into a different type of behavior? Not that hard, and this is the thing I so want people to hear. We think it's too late. We think that, the, that well, I have a bad temper. Or I've always been a rager. Or I've always been a yeller. Or my parents were yellers. And this is, again, what I love about the work that we're all doing is, first, and, first of all, our kids are so ripe and ready for us to make those changes, and they're very, very forgiving and responsive. So even the smallest bits of effort we make to, to drop a coin in that meter in terms of, Going and finding your child and saying, hey, how you doing? Kissing them on the top of the head without saying, and did you do your homework? And did you feed the dog? These small sort of micro steps toward shifting the pH of the relationship so it's friendlier, so it's more connected, uh, is, a, is an excellent start. Um, the beauty is it's just never too late. And, you know, of course, I'm in the business of helping parents, supporting parents, guiding parents. And what blows my mind again and again is after one phone call or one thing, an email that says, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how much easier it was to get her to stay in her bed or to get him to start his homework. Because kids really do, they cooperate when they feel seen, liked, enjoyed. And we hold that place where we're not desperate and begging them to do things. Yeah, and the shift is quite fast, right, once yeah. they start to feel seen? Very, very fast. It just amazes me because you'd think, especially the, some of the families I've worked with where it just looks, the kid is looking on the phone the whole time they're in the office and won't make eye contact with anybody and the parents are like, he doesn't talk to anybody. And it just amazes me when you make a few shifts how radically that relationship can transform. And I can imagine that um, just but what you're talking about is really spiritual practice for life so even it, it's not just for the relationship with the child, but I can imagine the parents are getting like massive, uh, you know, uh, changes out of this as well. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. You know, when we close our heart to anyone, 
it just doesn't feel good. And so when we're operating from a place of resistance and anger and, and force and frustration and resentment with our children, it doesn't feel good to us, let alone the impact it has on our kids. So we get to sort of clear that out and move through our day in a place Look, when you have a child, it's just about love. There's nothing to me holier or more sacred than being the guardian of a divine being, you know. And and what happens is it starts out often hopefully pretty well, but then over becomes an overlay that takes the the joy out of that experience. So definitely it's a gift for everybody. Exactly. And that's the thing I'm thinking reminding people that uh, not only are their child a divine being and, you know, a, a spiritual being having this human experience, yeah. but so are the parents. Yeah. And I think sometimes they forget that. Yeah. When you come together on that level, is that part of the work that you do as well? Absolutely. And in fact, one of the things that I ask parents to do, and I'll share it with your viewers now, if you've lost your cool with your kids, if you've lost your way, if you're just overwhelmed, if you just wish you could crawl under bed and you know hide, one of the things I ask parents to do is move into the most maternal feeling you can or paternal feeling, that loving, genu genuine, kind, merciful feeling and pat your own heart. They're there. They're there. So that there's a self-love, there's a self-acceptance, there's a self-kindness. It has to start from that. It ha and that's where so much healing happens as well. When we can move into a place toward ourselves at the end of the day when we fall into bed, Reviewing what went well instead of where we lost our cool or we started screaming and yelling and doing things we wish we hadn't. So making that shift does help us recognize we are divine beings as well. You, just because you have a child doesn't mean you change species, right? You're still a human being. So, you know, you're yeah. a human being. A fragile, you know, with your own wounds, that all unfinished business that hasn't healed. And this is this golden opportunity to, to move through so much that that really can be powerfully transforming and healing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I know that uh, the books that we you, people can get through Amazon or through your website, yep. um, but I know that you're also doing some trainings as well. Can you tell me about uh, you know the, the live trainings that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't do them very often. I'm doing a free webinar on Wednesday, September 16th that people can sign up to, and I think you're going to have a link to that on your site, as I understand, or a banner. So yeah. I hope people will check that out. It's free, and they can engage with me, ask questions, and really hear more in, in depth of what I'm touching on today. And then in that call as well, for those interested, I'll answer questions about the class I'm about to do, which I haven't done in about two years. It's a seven-week really in-depth course on parenting without power struggles and with greater presence. And, and I'm going to cover everything that I teach in my books, but I also have this amazing woman that's going to join me for one session looking at this whole thing of digital media and how we handle screen time with our kids. So it's all very, very practical, and I believe that you'll have the links on your on your page and they can also visit my, my site susanstiffelman.com. Beautiful, darling. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today and guys I encourage you to click on the banners either to the side or below this video depending on where you're watching this yeah. so you can go through and register for that free training with Susan because if you uh, are having some challenging situations and even if you're not and you just want to improve the relationship that you have with your children, um, I can't recommend Susan highly enough and the work that she does. Thank you for joining me, darling. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalie.
Wonderful. So guys, I encourage you to share this video and please get the word out. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, and if you haven't left your email yet, make sure you do that so I can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's actually valued at 80, uh, $87 and I'd love to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.